Welcome to the Early Show Later podcast. I'm Karis. Hey, I'm Jeremy. And this is episode 71, Lake House, ahead of its time. Uh, a few things to start the show with. Number one, we got our intro back. Love it. Shout out to Angie and David for helping to uh, reconnect our network server connections or I don't know. Whatever. We really appreciate that because whenever we run into technical difficulties, neither you or I are good at solving them. No, no. So uh, We're not know, even really good at reporting them. So it was a good... You know the fact that it took two days, but we got her done. That's good. I feel like that's that was good. partly on us. Good job to us. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Weedus fans finding the podcast. Uh, yesterday, we're not normally a true crime podcast, but we, you know, we dipped our toe into true crime podcasts when we told the story of Weedus's teenage dirtbag and how it was inspired by a true crime murder event in 1984. And you can uh, listen to that on episode 70. Yep, and uh, and the Weedus uh, retweeted us today. And I was like, right on, Weedus. I told you they're cool. Yeah, I know. We're I, buds. You and Weedus are buds, I think. Y- you told me that you really love that song, too, which I, I now uh, understand, and I like the backstory. It was very cool. And then, uh, then they reciprocated the love I have for them by retweeting us. So thank you. If you're a Weedus fan finding the podcast, thank you for being here. Great. Uh, anything else to talk about? Oh, our audio table of contents. Yes. We are talking today, well, talking a little bit about the Canucks. Yeah. We're not a sports talk podcast, but we will. We dabble. We'll dip our toe. Yeah. You know what? We dip our toes into lots of areas, and we do dip our toes into the plight of the Vancouver Canucks <laughs> today. They are struggling. They're losing. They're in the bottom. Well, they're at the bottom of the barrel, and it's, as Canucks fans, it's something that we're used to yeah i think ultimately we're just like yeah they suck but then we're like come on are you are you a lifer fan or not exactly i mean because they always suck yeah more or less are you new to this game because you know we're not we've we've been here since the 80s and we understand we're we're strong yeah totally totally uh and also we're talking debate club we were talking about which keanu movie is the most important Right, I was supposed to say harp glass, but we got our harp back. Black Pistol Fire on 1027 The Peak. Good morning, 624. It's Tuesday, the early show with Karis and Jeremy. Today is going to be a sunny day, actually, so that's great for everybody in this region. We want the dryness, please, and thank you. I've been looking at pictures of Keanu for a while now, and I think it's because uh, my feed has been filled with photos from his Esquire article. He's got this, he's doing... So by feed, you mean your search history? I mean, yes, exactly. I mean, like, all of my my searches have been pictures of Keanu Reeves. Keanu, gray hair, beard. Uh, On a motorcycle, show me more of these pictures. But he's doing a lot of press and this uh, new Esquire cover story leading up to his big release of The Matrix Resurrections, which is next month. So he's talking lots in this article about his past movies, uh, you know, things like sort of just quintessential Keanu Reeves things. What makes what makes Keanu tick? 
Yeah, they asked him, like, Keanu, if you were to pick your three essential Keanu Reeves movies, what would you pick? And he's like, oh, my God. If you were getting to know me and my work based on movies, I could only pick three. Here are the three I would pick. Of course, he chooses The Matrix. That's the movie he's selling. Yeah. But he chose The Matrix trilogy, all of them as one. Mm. That's kind of cheating. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Number two, he says, is The Devil's Advocate. And number three, he said what well, he had to pick something fun. So he chose Point Break from his fun piano <laughs> selections. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's all right, Liz. I mean, can't really argue with Keanu on what he would choose as his three essential Keanu movies, but we'll fight with him anyway. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> let's debate this, Keanu. I want to debate this. I think Point Break, an excellent selection. Sure, yeah. For me, you know, of course, I was introduced to him with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yep. And as a small child, I was really, I thought that was quite a cool movie. Okay. I, was, I was into it. But for me, really, what sold me on Keanu and the film that still still gets me right in the feels is Speed. Yes. I mean, come on. I was 14, and I felt like Keanu could get, Keanu, give me the keys to a bus. I will drive it for you. You go save the day. <laughs> I'm ready, Keanu. Sign me up. I have Speed for me, I think. Well, I mean, that's why I think I like Parenthood then, you know, if we're just going to... Uh, Oogle Keanu. I mean, there's the underwear scene where he's in his white ginch. Right. So that's pretty huge. I would have to go to the Lake House, of course, all time Keanu film. <laughs> Sandra, Another once Sandra again, Bullock. Sandra Bullock, yes, of course. Of so the course. chemistry's undeniable. Oh. Um, you know, is it a romantic fantasy sci fi weirdness? I don't, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what the movie's about. I couldn't tell, I think there's time travel involved. Doesn't matter. Uh, it's got to be the lake house for me. I like um, I like Speed. It like I, I just I almost can't believe he wouldn't have chosen Speed as an essential piano. I wonder if Speed for him is that movie that he's tired of hearing about. It was just it was such a big moment for him that maybe it's you know the band that has the super popular yeah. song and they're tired of playing it. Maybe he's just tired of thinking about speed. And then we're like the idiots at the show that were just like, play the hits, Keanu. I just want the hits. Speed, <laughs> you dummy. We don't care about the devil's advocate. Nobody does. It is the world. Uh, we were talking on the show earlier. Uh, Keanu Reeves kind of made a point to say, uh, you know, what are the three e essential Keanu Reeves movies as selected by Keanu Reeves? And he chose the Matrix trilogy. Uh, he chose The Devil's Advocate, which, whoa, curveball for me personally. And then he said a point break. So if you were to choose three essential Keanu Reeves movies, you know, what would you select? Like what would your top one be? What would be your top one be? Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll give the best take. Uh, tickets to check out Vance Joy. I'm going to go Speed, John Wick, and Bill and Ted. And uh, when we're talking John Wick and Speed, uh, or sorry, uh, John Wick and Bill and Ted's, we're talking, uh, once again, the, the series, right? Like, if we're going to cheat like Keanu Reeves cheats. No, I'm going to say the first one. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Take. Now, I, I really like the fact that you actually chose three of the four options that we put up on our Twitter poll at the peak. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's. I almost felt like you were reading our Twitter poll because we have Speed, The Lake House, John Wick, uh, and Bill and Ted. And I don't even know how Twitter works. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. It's like we had a mind meld. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
I have my volume down. <laughs> um, I just wanted to talk about Keanu Reeves. That I really think that Point Break was like the movie for me. So. Like the qu- like if you were to be like, there's one movie that you need to watch yes. to understand yes, Keanu as an artist. Point Break. It's got to be that. Okay, how well do you remember the movie? There's a scene where Keanu Reeves is going to fight a bunch of surfers. Is one of those surfers Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yes, it is. Is that real? I'm, yeah. Oh no, I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna Google it right now, but I'm almost positive. <laughs> there's like like this gang of like like yes. bro surfers, and they're gonna roll Keanu Reeves at the shower. I don't get me wrong. I love the Matrix, and you know what's funny is that my son, when he was a baby, he loved the screen and the green and the colors, and he, we watched all Matrixes. And I love it, but there's something about Point Break where I just get super excited when I watch it. It's awesome. So Point Break isn't the only time Reeves shared the screen with a member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Also in my own Uh private Idaho, Flea was in that one, too. What a connection. God, we're learning and growing together. That is awesome. Call. Cranberries. On 1027 The Peak, the early show with Karis and Jeremy. We are about to vacate this studio, make way for Jason Manning. But before we do that, we need to quickly revisit our fun Twitter poll that we had up today. Keanu Reeves was in an article, Esquire, talking about the quintessential Keanu films. Yeah, they asked him, like, Keanu, you pick three movies that every Keanu Reeves fan should watch. He's like, oh, oh, wow, okay, that's a weird question to ask me. But he was like, what are the three movies to get to know me, to get to know my art? And he said, the Matrix trilogy has one, like cheating, but whatever. Number two is a devil's advocate. And number three, he chose something fun. He's like, okay, something from my fun collection, uh, Point Break. Oh, and Point Break was fun. Mm-hmm. It really was. So uh, we posed the question on The Peak on Twitter. What would you choose as an essential Keanu movie if you're getting to know his work? The options were Speed, The Lake House, John Wick, the series, and Bill and Ted's series. John Wick, the winner at 40%. Kind of thought it would. You know, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't put The Matrix on there because Keanu already picked that. Yeah. I was like... In the original article I read, they were shocked he didn't pick a John Wick film. Yeah, so we put it on there and it did win. And then, you know, tied essentially for second uh, was Speed and Bill and Ted's. Yeah, good, right? We had a text earlier being like, Speed is quintessential 90s. And for me, Speed is Keanu. Yeah, it's iconic. And then the Lake House, just like no votes. <laughs> I love how the Lake House has 4% of the vote. And Jeremy. Not even a few ticks shy of 4%. And Jeremy, I'm pretty sure that's just you. I think I'm the only one who voted. I begged Jason to <laughs> log in and vote, but he won't do it. <laughs> I mean, the movie the lake, was just too much. Yeah, I, the Lake House was, it was just before its time. Yeah, like nowadays we watch superhero movies and we're used to time travel and the multi verse and nothing making sense but it doesn't matter because there's a happy ending 
And the Lake House did that, but in a time before the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and audiences weren't prepared. No, they weren't ready for the beauty of the Lake House at the time. They, just we weren't, were, they weren't ready. Jaded. It was the mid-2000s. Yeah. George Bush was in office. Yeah. Maybe Harper, Cretchen, I can't remember. And we were not prepared for love and to open our hearts. And so... The movie didn't resonate with audiences then, and it's uh, unfortunately still isn't now. Even though it was Keanu and Sandra Bullock again reuniting with that chemistry, but it just like it this just generation's, like you know, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, and. I don't, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with you people. No, well, you are the lone vote for the Lake House. <laughs> All right, we're going to go home. We got to leave. I got to watch the Lake House again now. <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe I have, I'm misremembering it. Maybe it's not that good. Karis, when I'm not listening to this very radio station, 1027 The Peak, I do occasionally listen to sports talk. And it's like doom scrolling the podcast right now with the Canucks. It's just, you turn it on. And they're like, who are we trading? Who is terrible? Who is getting fired? I just, like, I, I have to change it. Just I like the players. So much negativity. And I get it. They're losing and they suck. But it's, I mean, at this point, it's fine. If you're a Canucks fan. You've been here before. You're married to losing. <laughs> exactly. We know. Our franchise sucks. They didn't win a Stanley Cup when there was like six teams in the NHL. They ain't winning one. There's like, they keep adding more teams. And we've been here before. And we've been here before. This it's is not fine. this is not a new sensation for us. Like just remember what it feels like to be at the bottom. Yeah, if you're a Canucks fan and you're into winning, those two things are not, you know, congruent. Like it you're in you're in the wrong team if yeah. you're into winning. Just settle into them playing a game and you leaving probably fairly disappointed. Yes, and, and that's you know, fine. and that's fine. You're there to maybe chat with a friend. Maybe have a beverage. Maybe it's have like, a hot dog. It's like being a Chicago Cubs fan. You know? A hundred years of losing. My goal now in life, it used to be like, I hope to see the Canucks win the Stanley Cup. But my new goal is I want to be, I want my descendants to, to, to see quote, that. Yeah, to be like, oh, old man Jeremy Baker would have really loved to have seen the Canucks win. He died the year before they won. Yes. You know, now I'm like, okay, cool. So you that's know. more likely what will happen. The reports are happening now. They were talking about how the Canucks front office is feeling like Game of Thrones. Oh. In that there are factions forming and people are playing the Game of Thrones where you live or you die. People are killing other people in the Canucks front office? Metaphorically. Okay, so not for real. I hope not. Yeah, no. That would be a true crime drama that I don't think we're prepared for at this point. Uh, basically, they're all trying to save their jobs. They're all like, right. who do I hitch, you know, to where I'm going to have a job at the end of this season? It's essentially like Survivor. Yeah, it's got to be a little bit of a toxic work environment, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's hard. I can imagine working for a sports team. When the sports team is not doing very well. Would be weird. Would be, uh, yeah, a, a challenging time. But do you think that this could possibly, like, I mean, how could that at all be helpful <laughs> to winning? Just, try, you know, yeah, trying if, if, to. If the people in charge are fighting, then that cannot be helpful for the on-ice product period. You know oh, what I mean? No, definitely. No, when when the parents are, are at each other, you know, the kids, they're they're left floundering. They have no idea what to do. It's the... The Early Show, Later, with Karis and Jeremy. Jason Manning from The Midday Show. 
here at 1027 The Peak was saying he was able to get to Taylor's version of Red on vinyl from Neptune Records. Neptune Records on Main Street Why in Vancouver, so right? Yes. Well, because I think... He's a machine. He, Jason is a machine. He always gets concert tickets right away. He gets records right away. He's just on it. I think he has constant reminders on his phone, like, buy some tickets, buy some records, and he just does it. And here it is, from the outside looking in, right? Inside baseball. You're like, well, of course he works in radio, right? We do get a lot of privilege when it comes to insider trading, when it comes to all this stuff. Karis and I work at the same radio station. You guys have no idea. Jason would be like this if he didn't work in radio. He would be that bud you had that just, the sold out thing, he just, he's got a nose for it. He knows how to do it. And it doesn't matter that he works in radio. Like, we work in radio. I can't get Taylor Swift, Taylor's version of Red on Vinyl. Impossible. The big concert in town, Karis and I aren't going. Like No. Like, like unless, we're not going unless Jason hooked us up. <laughs> Jason is the conduit. <laughs> he has the power. Like we we get access to a lot of stuff and Jason is another level. Like it's a level that is is beyond your average radio industry insider. And whenever he whenever he goes to a show, he picks up, you know, a t-shirt, maybe more. He gets the merch and he said that he was going through his closet the other day and he found t-shirts that he'd forgot he had like cool <laughs> band merch that he didn't even remember that he had because he buys so many band t-shirts. He's a yeah, he'll buy he'll go to a concert and if they have like three new t-shirt designs, he buys all three. Yeah. And then the the tote bag to put them in and then the poster to remember the show where he bought the three t-shirts from. Like he's <laughs> out of control. <laughs> We should have him on the podcast as a guest. Uh, yes, and just talk to him about all of his collectibles and all of the concerts yeah, he's been to. Yeah, he's out of control. But anyway, he had some good insider knowledge for you. I was like, how do I get it? He's like, Jeremy, I will stay on top of Neptune Records. I follow them because it's the reminders. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's it. And he talks to workers and he talks to clerks and he bees buds. And that's, he gets the like, oh, Jason, we'll set one aside for you kind of. But you only get that when you are a customer that's yeah. like in good repute. Exactly. So anyway, I got to lean on that. I got to, Jason, can you do this for me? <laughs> please. the 10-minute version please, please. of Taylor's 10-minute version of uh, Known All the Time or whatever that song is. It's not called that. I can't remember now. I, that's the one about Jake Gyllenhaal, They're the breakup or Gyllenhaal. whatever? Oh, okay. Uh, Coral told all me, right. my wife told me. It's a happy song on red. It's not about Jake Gyllenhaal. And if it's an angry song on red, it's about Jake Gyllenhaal. I said, okay. Sure. Okay, sure. I'll believe it. That one, to me, it didn't seem as angry, but everyone told me it is. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I listened to it. I just It sounds like a relationship that you have when you're 19 and it ends. Yeah. You know, I don't hate the people I dated back then. It just lasted a short amount of time. Yeah, and it was meaningful and impactful at the time, but you know, in geological time, it's it's nothing. Cross, so I was just like, oh, she was young and learning, and and dated a guy, and she was really into him, and then really not. It's kind of what I took from that. Anyway, apparently, I took the wrong meaning from the song. Oh well, I don't know. That's how I feel about all Taylor Swift songs. So I don't. I'm with you. I don't really. I don't get I gotta very deep the title into now, it. Though. I gotta, whatever. Is it the one she sings a song about? You know, looking up at the stars and lifting up her skirt. Isn't that a Taylor Swift song? Yeah, but like, I think that's I'm from 1989, isn't in it? In the grass, and you're sexy, and I'm wearing a t-shirt, and now I'm lifting my skirt. 
Oh, maybe you're thinking of like your white t-shirt. Yeah, your classic look. Yeah, that's a jam, but that's from 1989. Oh, okay. That's a good one too, though. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. She's got lots of hooky stuff. You got the classic t-shirt, white shirt. I think that one's about Harry Styles. Up my skirt. Yeah. I think that one's about Harry Styles. Right. I can't remember. Anyway, sure. I've got to look that up now. Yeah. Uh, Swifties, if you're listening to the program, <laughs> please let us know what we're talking about. Uh, please uh, translate what we just said into Swifties. We have uh, no idea. Uh, you can tweet it at uh, Karis, C-H-A-R-I-S-H-O-G-G, Karis Hogg, at Karis Hogg. I'm at Jeremy underscore Baker. Um, God, what is that song called now? Uh, 1989's a good record. I like that one. Uh, you know, I like a lot of Taylor Swift records, whatever. I'm not smashing on her. I love her. All right, guys, we're out of here. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. We got anything else to say? Uh, uh, no, I, I don't think we have anything else to say. I think that's it. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. And then you say see ya. See ya. <laughs> It should be up my skirt, but it's not. Nothing can kill the grimace. All right, we're done here.